0: It is the Go Radio Football Show podcast hosted by Rob McLean, Sean Hartson and Stephen Cragan. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first.
1: Let's go! Rangers assistant manager Gary McAllister says the team needs more oomph after they went back to the Premiership but only after dropping points at Ibrox against Motherwell and he says tomorrow night against Livingston is massive. Stephen Craigan with the prize of a place, of course, in the semi-finals of the League Cup at Hamden. It sounds like
2: it means a big deal to Rangers. Well, it does, Rob. It's something that's eluded him under Stephen Gerrard's tenure is getting domestic trophies. Uh, Sorry, sorry, domestic cups. Of course, they won the league last year. So all emphasis, all focus. And it was interesting to hear Stephen Gerrard's comments after the game on Sunday He said flaky defending and vulnerable players. I'm sure that'll go down well in the dressing room. So that just adds, I think, another little bit of pressure onto them.
1: It's Celtic's worst start to a league season in 23 years. They've lost four of the last five in all competitions. And Celtic haven't won a domestic game away from home
3: in seven months. Are you worried about your old team, John Hartson? Well, five of them, seven months. Um, yeah, I think I think it's slightly concerning, uh, should I say, sorry. Um, but I think, Ange, I don't think there'll be, you know, no panic setting in at the minute for, for Celtic. I think the crowd is still with him. His blueprint at the start of the season when he came in was to build a new team. Um, he's got several injuries, several key players out. Um, and at this moment in time, they're having a poor runaway from home, I think, yeah. Uh, Yes, you know, they, they will want to start winning. And they will, but they're only four points behind, six, six games gone. It's very, very early yet. So, as I said, um, I don't think it's time to panic just yet.
1: And it's actually a tight league, isn't it, when you look at it at the Premiership? Ten points between top and bottom. And you have to build into that Celtic equation, the fact there's no Callum McGregor, the captain. There's no Kyogo, who uh, means electricity in attack. Uh, Jackumakis hasn't shown up as yet. Taylor is out and Forest isn't back yet. So I guess that's half a team when you think about it. League Cup quarterfinals coming up this week. Um, it's a big week, as Craig says, for Rangers on the back of what they didn't do on the back of winning the title last season in the cup competitions. So it's Rangers against Livingston uh, tomorrow night at Ibrox, Dundee against St. Johnston. And on Thursday, Celtic at home to Raith Rovers, Dundee United. Play Hibbs. John Hartson, Stephen Craig Rob McLean on the GOAT Radio Football Show. We will have Andrew Shinney with us round right about half past five as well in about twenty-five minutes time. Scored a a cracker of a goal on Sunday. John Hartson, you'd have appreciated the finish, even if it was against your old team.
3: Yeah, it was a great finish. He's actually going away from goal and he's you know shifted on his on his left side and he's hit it and it's a wonderful goal into the roof of the net. It's a goal worthy of winning any game. I think yeah, the other goalkeeper for Livingston um, kept kept the scoreline as it was. Great save from Ayeti in the mm. second half. But that's what you've got to do. I think if you're one of the lower clubs and no disrespect, for, no disrespect to Livingston, you know, you are going to have to withstand some pressure. And But Saldik never really peppered Livingston's goal no. at the weekend. You know, the performance wasn't there. It's okay saying, well, the pitch is sticky, but... At the end of the day, that's Livingston's first win of the season, you know. So they've not really been flying themselves. But they've obviously turned out for, for Celtic. They've scored a very good goal. And then they went on and defended reasonably well. But Celtic just didn't quite find the firepower to get back into the game. The delivery from Wide was poor, as you say. Um Albriana Yeti's coming off, you know, three games in his previous two in his three goals in his previous two games. Um but defensively again I thought Livingston could have even got a second goal at one stage so it it is alarming the away form Uh, the defence we know that they have to get better and they have to improve like at the weekend then it was Carter Vickers and Welsh through the week it was Carter Vickers and Starfelt Mm -hmm. so they've not quite found that regular back four yet I think Juranovic has not been able to play in his favourite position he came in as a right back I think he's, he's he's performed at left back several times um you know Ralston has come in and he's let, he's, be, he's been out again so they they're still very much looking for that um consistency and and that momentum but when you've got injuries to key players um you could say well Celtic squad isn't 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 deep enough anyway um so no. when when you lose your captain and when you lose your main striker and you're left with one fit striker to come in and I'll be an Ayeti so even if Ayeti as a poor game, what if he's struggling after 70 minutes? You're looking, well, where do we change it? Mm-hmm. And there's not enough options or quality to come to come in Mike, from the substitutions. Mikey Johnson was really the only option, serious option and he's on the bench. Recently, just come yeah, he needs back. games. So he they'll needs be games. nursing him yeah. back in very slowly. John
2: Livingston, who are bottom of the table, hadn't won a game. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You're not talking about playing Real Betis or playing Rangers yeah, or Aberdeen or Hibs. No, I've no. just
3: said they've not won a game. But yeah. what I'm
2: saying is, you know, Celtic should have had more than enough on the pitch and on the bench to beat a Livingston team. Who are also in transition. You've got to say Livingston were always physical and aggressive and direct. Now they're small. Davy Martin has really turned. Uh, his side and, and his mindset of the players mm. they want to try and play if they can mm. you know they've lost John Guthrie and Lyndon Dykes over the years and Martin Bartley doesn't play anymore mm. you know Scott Robinson was a pest up front so a completely different team but yeah. Celtic still mm. should have had more than enough to go to Livingston yeah. and beat Livingston I totally Livingston, agree it's a poor you know? result it's a really yeah. poor result the on, the back,
3: yeah. on the back of losing their previous two away games Hearts and Rangers all of a sudden Angers go well, at some stage we need to break our duck in terms of mm. going away from home and this is a big opportunity for us going to Livingston. Sunday but they, they just, just didn't perform we could
1: talk all night we probably will to be perfectly honest the Go Radio Football Show till 7 John Hartson Stephen Craig and Rob McLean and we've got Craig in Cumbernauld as well to join in hi Craig hi uh, Rob, John hi Craig. Right, Craig
4: are you well? yeah not bad not bad um, I was well, sort of to touching the weekend you know I'm um, I've got to say I was hugely disappointed um, with the angels at the weekend. I thought we've missed a real opportunity because I, I was on the show, I think last week, and I said that it was so important that we beat Morwell because I felt that Celtic conceivably were going to go and drop points against Livingston because we know the record that Celtic have got yeah. since Levy came back up at Almondville. You know, it's it's not been a happy hunting ground, and I, surely, maybe I'm wrong. The guys on all those ex-players. The Rangers players must have known getting into the weekend the kind of record that Celtic had up there and how tough that was for them. So for me, for them not to go and put in a shift, turn up and actually get the points is so frustrating. And I think it's equally frustrating because I'm looking at the scenario right now thinking we should be nine points clear of Celtic already because we've slipped up away at Dice, a poor result, didn't turn up in that day, Dundee United well worth the other win. We've then, you know, kind of recovered from that by by getting the result against Celtic in the old forum and you think, okay, maybe that'll steady the ship a bit. And then we go and just throw away two points tomorrow because mainly because we can't finish and we can't defend right now. Um so it's incredibly frustrating because I think Celtic, you know, are probably as much as we get away with one at the weekend, Celtic are getting away with one big time as well. They're only four points behind we should really have put them to the sword a bit more by now. But, you know, that's the kind of thing that Brendan Rodgers' Celtic team were doing to us. You know, if we're dropping points, they're, they're capitalising immediately. And we can't afford to stop doing that because if this is going to be the way the season is going and we're going to stumble our
3: way through, that's not good enough, you know. I, th- I think I, say, I think as well, Craig, I think I know what you're saying and I get what you're saying, but you could also flip that around. When you think that you know Rangers lost to Dundee United, that that gives Celtic an opportunity. Um, if they'd gone and mm-hmm. beat Hearts, if if things had gone Celtic's way, if Edward put Celtic in front of Ibrox, mm. and then all of a sudden you know that could be that could have been a different scoreline. I think with the, they could have quietened the crowd. You know, scoring that first goal is always a big goal, and then to not go and beat Livingston after watching Rangers draw at home to Motherwell. As you say, it's it's incredibly frustrating from a Celtic point of view because from a Celtic point of view side, Celtic could be mm. saying well we could be top of the league if we'd performed better, yeah, and things had gone our way and we'd capitalised on the poor performances from Rangers. So you can flip it around on its head, really. You know, it's uh, it's a bit I,
2: it's, well, it's, it's funny b- when you talk about going top of the league because if the officials had done their job properly on Sunday, Craig, Mother would have won one nil because quite clearly the Rangers goal. <laughs> Was offside, you know. Listen, it's not Rangers' yeah. fault. It's just really poor officiating, you know. Irrespective uh-huh. of what level you're at, you know, you're in that kind of side of it. But there's no doubt watching Rangers mm-hmm. on Sunday, they reminded me of the Rangers of probably two years ago when they were playing on the eye. They created a few chances, and Steven Gerrard was always going on about needing that cutting edge. That's something they found last season, which he hadn't had in previous seasons under Steven Gerrard, mm-hmm. and it, 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 it's as if it came back again. You know when they get opportunities to go and put teams to bed because when it's just a single goal in it, the longer the game goes as a visiting player at Ibrox or a visiting player at Celtic Park, you start to grow in confidence a little bit. You think, they're not putting us away here. Then there's a nervousness and an anxiety starts going round the stadium a little bit because they haven't put the game to bed. And then suddenly Mother will get the goal and then the performance of Rangers dropped then, didn't it?
1: Let's have a listen to Gary McAllister Craig what he said today there was a media conference today looking ahead to the the League Cup tie tomorrow night but uh, looking back as well uh, on that one-all draw with Motherwell?
5: You, you, I think you would agree we bossed most of the game with, with good possession. I thought, try to pick some positives from the game. You know, I thought first half we played some really exciting football, good good on the eye. But I'd, I would I would mirror some of the words the manager said after the game. I think we need to be a wee bit more a wee bit more devilment in our finishing and a wee bit more oomph, so to speak. And just a wee bit more belief because leading up to the, the corners of the box and, and getting into the box, I believe we're playing some decent stuff. But there just needs to be that wee bit more hunger and desire to score. So Craig, the, the team needs a bit more oomph.
4: They do. They absolutely do. And that has to come for the guys, you know, who are uh, experienced of being there. And that needs to come for the Alfredo Morelos when he's coming on the park and, um, you know, Keymar Roofs and players like that up front. It has to. And it, when you're going to be leading one nothing, you know, you can't rely on teams not taking chances when they get them. Because from other all... You know, and Craig, you touched on it, and I totally agree with you. I thought the referees uh, had a howler at the weekend because I thought, you know, I'm honest enough to say Sakala's offside. It's clearly offside. But I also think there should have been two penalties in the game. Yeah. I think there's a stone waller for Motherwell and there there's is. a stone waller for us. Spot on, Clearly missed. Um, so that, it wasn't a game for the, the officials, that's for sure. <laughs> but I think, um, you know, you can't... If we're just going to trundle through, and there's tougher games, you know, Motherwell, what I would say... You know, if you compare and contrast, Motherwell did go into that game on pretty good form, having beaten Aberdeen, you know, the week before. Uh, they themselves, had they nicked to go could have went top of the week. So, that shows you the, the kind of form they're on. Um, and I suppose, in the respect of, yet we dropped points but still gained a point on Celtic, that's luck, and we can't rely on that. You know, we need a killer instinct and... I don't know where it has gone because Morelos has had enough time to get up to speed now, in my opinion. He's no excuses for not being match fit. He's been back long enough.
3: Craig, do you think it's going to be? do you think it's going to be that type of season where already this season, uncharacteristically, Rangers have dropped points? Celtic have dropped points, can't win away from home. Both teams have lost their opening game in Europe. So this could be a season where Celtic go to Aberdeen and get beat. Rangers might go to Livingston again. It could be one of them seasons where Hibbs and Hearts have started the season both well. Go into Castle mm. now on Easter Road. Then all of a sudden, because Rangers are not quite at their peak, not not playing particularly well, they could get turned over. You know, it could just be one of those um, seasons where both teams might lose five, six, seven games. And it's it's whoever, if can Hearts or can Aberdeen or Aberdeen have started poorly. But I think there'd be lots of games like this. Where it's it's not like previous years when when Celtic go to smaller lower league clubs if you're, sorry clubs that are in the bottom mm. half and win quite comfortably it ranges the same you know normally mm. over the years you've seen them big score lines and this season it might just be difficult because Celtic Rangers are not quite at it that's that's how it seems to have started
1: yeah it's certainly got a competitive feel to it doesn't it the the league at the moment you you know I guess surprise results in a sense aren't surprising because Celtic were minus half a team on Sunday and could have played another 90 minutes, it seemed, without scoring. Rangers are far from firing on all cylinders. Craig, and I'm wondering if you're concerned about this game tomorrow night on the back of Livingston producing a real Livingston-style performance against Celtic at the weekend and heading for Ibrox with a lot more optimism than they might have done.
4: Oh, absolutely. Listen, they will be going... To Ibrox tomorrow It's as good as a cup final for Livy tomorrow You know, make no mistake about it It's a shootout game They know, you know, they did frustrate us in the first game of the season Let's be honest here, you know, it was 1-0 for a long, long time And at the start of that second half Livy came into the game a wee bit And they'd certainly, you know, they they frustrated And it wasn't until a wonder goal for Scott Wright That we finally got that 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 killer blow mm. um, So they've all into that full of confidence There's no no question about it um, we have got to find The killer instinct If we can get You know A quick goal That settles it down Because teams like Livingston Their bread and butter Is Defending for their lives And they're very very good At doing it So the longer a game goes Where well, you're still 0-0 Or even one nil, As proved On Saturday You leave the door open for, for sides like that To go and hurt you And go and get points And I think I'm just glad it isn't away Because John touched on it there I think Away games this season Are going to be An absolute nightmare yeah, they're both. You know, I know Celtic's next three are uh, Pitodry, Easter Road and Far Park, you know, they're tough games. We'll need to go there and then we need to go to Towncastle. It's I think we're going to see a record for points dropped away from home for both sides of the old firm this season. I really do.
1: And, and Craig so, what, what, Craig, I was just going to say what came <laughs> through as well today in that Gary Gary McAllister media conference was the disappointment which is still gnawing and nagging at Rangers from last season of failing to make an impact in the Cup competitions. Uh, And as he said today at the media conference... It makes uh, tomorrow night's match a big one. It's massive.
5: I've really got to emphasize the point that this is this is a, a really big game for us against Levy. With the incentive of getting to Hamden and then obviously getting back there for a for a cup final. So the, it's an early end to the to a cup competition as well. We have December final. So it's it's such a big game for us. We've been very diligent in our preparation for this one.
2: So Crags, there's real pressure on Rangers. You can feel it, can't you? Well you can. And and the fact that Gary McAllister is sitting and send Livington home is massive. <laughs> You know, it, yeah. you just feel the weight coming on because, you know, they've invested so much in the squad. They won the league title last season. They haven't started this season firing on all cylinders. Uh, they've looked at Livingston beating Celtic and thinking, this is going to be tougher than what we anticipated. And any kind of given season, you'd probably said, uh, Livingston at home, well, that's fine. You can take care of that. But that pressure suddenly adds to the players. You know, they didn't defend particularly well at certain occasions at the weekend. You know, they, they missed opportunities you know, Ryan Kent's not there. There's just there's something missing about Rangers. That there's a spark, and it, it takes me back to last year about Celtic. There was a lot of chat about Celtic in the early part of the season last season they're missing a spark, they're missing an edge, it'll come in the next game, it'll come in the next game and the games start to go on and on and on and nothing really seems to progress. Listen, they're still a good side and they've got good players but they need one performance or one moment that can suddenly light the game up but all this expectation of pressure goes on because of the Cups. The players are fully aware they haven't won a domestic Cup. Everyone's looking to see when is it going to happen. I mean, last season they didn't even get to Hampden. Neverman never get to a final they didn't get to Hamden last year to play in a semi-final Rob so that just starts to build a little bit more it starts to creep in so that may just add a little bit more uh, negativity to the players which means they'll have to start well because the supporters are certainly expecting a win tomorrow night So just
1: finally Craig before we let you go uh, what are you thinking uh, tomorrow night about score scoreline? I
4: think it's going to be a I'm really me every evening I don't think it'll be comfortable I'd certainly rather be we playing with Rovers, but um, yeah. I, think, um, I think it'll be 2-0 two, on the night, but I wouldn't be surprised if Livy pushed us all the way into extra time because they're a tough nut to get. Yeah,
1: Good to have you on the show. Thanks, nice, Craig. Cheers. All Cheers, the best Craig. to you. That's Craig in Cumberland. Uh, worried about Rangers' start to the season um, and worried about that game uh, tomorrow night. Coming off the back of one of those rear weekends, when neither Celtic nor Rangers manage a win. Going to take a break now. When we come back, we're going to be talking to the man whose goal inflicted another away defeat on Celtic at the weekend. Andrew Shinney on the way.
0: The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live. Weeknights from five.
1: So, four places at Hamden uh, up for grabs in the course of this week. Four places in the League Cup semi finals, the Premier Sports Cup. Uh, semi-finals Thursday for Celtic at home to Wraith Rovers Dundee United play Hibbs, and tomorrow night Dundee against St Johnstone and Rangers at home to Livingston it's Rob McLean John Hartson Stephen Cragan in the studio and we've got George
6: in Bathgate hi George oh, I'll just make a quick you've got a great show by the way Rob I really enjoy your show oh um, that's kind of can you a, can I just make a point and um, I mean you're talking there can, of course it's all right for to come on and say um Rangers are on the plane, great and things like that. Hibs are having a good season. Hearts are having a good season. Uh, John Heartsley made the excuse here. Celtics got half a team missing and things like that. Yeah, but, but we have, for, George. For Rangers no. Yeah, but that's true. that's true. You've got to make excuses. That type of thing. I mean, Rangers. Have got it's not excuses. Missing, uh, it's uh, it's facts, well. mate. It's not excuses. Aye, that's, it's... True. Aye, yeah. that's true. Rangers have got players
3: missing
6: as well, John. Uh, Big Haaland are probably the best defender on the team. The thing we're missing now, mm-hmm. uh, there's players been missing. I mean, we had a lot of boys out with COVID and that as well. But I didn't make excuses, but what you've got to say, is mm-hmm. Rangers are having a, a pretty poor start to the season. Yeah. They're still at the top of the league. Um, so what's going to happen when these guys, they start firing... I think what um, it is, George,
3: right. George, I think what it is, mate, I think the fact is that Rangers blitzed the league last season. And what what, what you have to do is compare, really. You know, they won the league by 25 points, They went the whole season without losing a game. Defensively, they looked really, really solid, conceded very little goals. And the point that we are making is, you know, because Rangers have set the bar so high in terms of what they achieved last season, um, they've already lost. They lost at home in the Europa League, where they're very, very strong normally in the the Europa League. You've had a fantastic couple of years in Europe. and then obviously the the performance at the weekend, uh, the one old draw at home to Motherwell. So that's all we are saying. We are not saying that Rangers have been have been poor or dire or anything like that. All we're saying is because they played so well last season, they're not quite at that same level. You know, this season. No, I, don't, I don't know I whether you thought... agree with that. I don't know.
6: No, I totally agree with you, John. Rangers. Yeah. That's my, my exact my point. I think Rangers <laughs> have not had a good start to season. I mean, I said after the game the other night, I, th- I thought that Leon team was outstanding. I thought they were yeah. good. Yeah, yeah uh, you just good to watch. I mean, the big boy Danai at the back used to play with Celtic. I think he was outstanding. You just, mm. he just looked class. I mean, that a top class team. So I don't think it's any shame in uh, losing two to that team. Uh, mm. We haven't, we have had pretty poor part uh, start to the season, uh, dropping points at Dundee United and uh, dropping points at the weekend there, but. Um, I think we've got guys there's just no firing yet and when they start firing if we're at the top of the league now John I think my point yeah. is when we day start firing I think we've got to be a, a decent team and I'm not saying Celtic's no decent team no, but no. I mean, Celtic's sitting 6th in the league now and Rangers are sitting top and Rangers are having a poor start to the season so mm. when we do start uh, firing John I think it's going to be a, a pretty good season you're saying we'll maybe lose Rangers and Celtic will probably lose a few games this yes, yeah. I think when base teams start playing I think they'll um, still pull away from the rest of the teams and I think Rangers mm. will still win the league
5: with 10 or 15 points this season.
1: George, let's, let's have a quick listen to Gary McAllister because I think you and the assistant manager are singing from the same song sheet areas.
5: If you'd said at the start of the season we'd be in this position where we're sat today, we'd probably have took it. But us being who we are and, and the, the standards that are set and the players would, would agree with me as well, we, we feel as if we should have a few more points. But as you say, you know, it, it can't be that bad. We're sat top of the league and we've got a chance to get to a semi-final. So loads to play for. So big again, I want to emphasise how important this game is. Tomorrow
1: night. Do you agree with them on that, George, as well? Big game tomorrow really, these cup competitions this season because of last season's disappointment that they, they really matter a lot.
6: Every, every game's a massive game, Robin. I think I agree with you. We've got to get a, a, a cup. to get in the league, but you want to get a cup in uh, England as well. Once you get to Hamden, once you get to semi finals and finals, that's the next big move. We've got to, the, the most important thing was getting the league back. We'll go to that back and agree with the, the, what about you said. I've got to 100% get
2: to our sign. That may be the end of George. Yeah. I think the frustrating thing, you know, Rangers will be looking at it and thinking, I said it last week, they still haven't had a, a, a complete performance, Rob. You know, they've had 45 minutes here. I think at the weekend, to be fair, for 45, 60 minutes they were good against Motherwell. Their interplay, their changes, their interchanging, their movement, the tempo, their play was good but they didn't get the second goal and you could see that they were starting to not wilt a little bit but they were needing that second goal you know they've, they've had 45 minutes against St Johnston they were decent um, against Malmo did 45 minutes but fell away in the second half in the, home, in the home game so it's maintaining that standard over 65, 70, 80, 90 minutes last season they were last season they were relentless you know every game they were going for the jugular. they were creative, they were scoring goals they were mean defence, there was a real determination about them. I don't know if this year if it's complacency is probably not the word, but it's as if everyone's just took a little bit of a mm. breath and a sigh and felt right, well, okay, you know, we know we've got good players, we'll eventually beat somebody four or five nil. And rather than someone saying, Do you know what, I'm going to make a difference today, I'm going to be the instigator that's going to make this happen, and the rest of <clears throat> the team following at this moment in time. So, George um, is back, is he? You back, George? I know, sorry, I'll go cut after. What,
3: what I was saying is, I agree
2: with Gary McAllister
6: saying about his. Um, we need to get to semi-finals and finals and things. Like. And I'm not making excuses about we've had players missing and things like that. But I just think that when Livingston did have a good game against uh, Celtic at the weekend, Motherwell did have a good game at the weekend. But seeing four and five weeks' time, Rob, I think these teams will start to fall away and you'll start to see the size of your squad. Uh, we've had players missing, Celtic has players missing. We're, we're talking about Motherwell having a good start to the season. How many points are they behind Rangers? Habs have had a good start. How many points are they behind Rangers? I think we've still got to pull away. And I think... At the end of the season, so there'll still be Rangers and Celtic 1-2 and two, um, and they'll
3: probably get to finals again. George, I, I think Rangers at the start of the season, they started favourites for me anyway. And Celtic are in a transition. You know, they lost 10 players. you know. Rangers had to come in and completely build a new team. you know. So there are going to be some hiccups from a Celtic point of view, and particularly away from home. Nobody likes to see it or hear it, certainly Celtic fans. But it was going to happen. And, and as I said, I don't think there'll be any pressure, any... Any, any panic at Celtic or Nanj, his professionalism and his managerial record, he'll obviously think about that. I just need to start winning games away from home. Maybe I don't know, set up differently. But just you know, I just think they've got to be a little bit more pragmatic when they're going forward in terms of being um, you know hitting being hit on the counter attack. They've got they've got to defend properly in that sense and put players back in position. Um, but as I said, I, I actually think Celtic are in a bit of a transition and I, I expect Rangers to go on and win the league. I think Celtic need to do a miracle if they were gonna, you know, get the title back this season. George, good to hear from you. Cheers, boys. a,
6: Cheers, George. Oh, George. It was a, a Great show anyway,
1: boys. All the best, Cheers, George. <laughs> All the best, George. And let's talk now to a man that uh, George is hoping as a stinker uh tomorrow night. He didn't certainly on Sunday against Celtic. Andrew Shinney, how are you, Andrew? Yeah, I'm great, Rob. How are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. Uh, some goal on Sunday. The, you've, you've scored a few crackers in your time. Uh, does that make your top 10?
7: Uh, yeah, definitely. I've n- not scored anywhere near 10 crackers, I don't think. <laughs> but, nah, yeah, it's definitely up there. So, uh, just for the occasion as well, against one of the old firm teams, is it's always, it's always a, a good thing to score because you're testing yourself against the top players and was a good atmosphere in the stadium as well, so just everything put together sort of made it one of the best, yeah.
1: Is that the future for you, Andrew, num- playing number nine?
7: Oh, who knows? I said <laughs> to the boys, I've been playing the wrong position my whole career. I could, made a, I could have made a fortune if I'd be playing up there and scoring goals, but now, nah, um, sort of the first time I've played there and me and Davey talked about it and thought it could work in the weekend and we sort of worked on that a little in training and just had to adapt my game and sort of be clever with my movement and game management and it paid off so it was obviously credit to Davey and the way we
3: worked on it and we got a great result
1: and John Hartson we were talking earlier in the show about how much you, you enjoyed that strike from, from oh, Andrew
3: I thought it was a brilliant finish Andrew I have to say Um Thanks, John. and I think that you know when when you have chances not being disrespectful. And, but, and John
1: was watching it through tears, we would have to say as well, Andrew.
3: I coached John. a bit at Livingston, so the little soft spot yeah. there for me, that Livingston yeah. and Davey, I worked with Davey. And um, yeah. no, I just think, you know, you know yourself when you come up against, as, as in previous games over the years, you know, chances are few and far between when you come up against the better defenders and the big sides, you know, Celtic Rangers. So it's vitally important when you do get an opportunity that you take it. And and I thought the finish was outstanding. Um, I really did. So fair play to you. It was a wonderful goal. Just looking at your career,
1: Andrew, started at Rangers, of course. Dundee on loan, Inverness, Cali, Thistle, big success there. On to Birmingham, loans, Rotherham, Hibs, Luton, then permanent with Luton for a while, Charlton, um, back to to Livingston so it's it's going to be it's going to be a big one uh, for you tomorrow tomorrow night, isn't it? Going going back to Ibrox, hoping to have the sort of impact uh, that you had against the other half of the Old Firm on Sunday.
7: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've I've been back a couple of times actually with Inverness. Um, managed to score a few times. Uh, one was in the league Cup, my brother score. I think the same game. So yeah, it's always it's a big occasion, but. The main thing for us is just getting through. It's a great chance for us, but obviously we're under no illusions. It's very difficult going away from home to the old firm, and but we're we believe in ourselves. We've picked up. We were a bit unlucky to start the season not turning result uh, performances into results, but we got our first point at Dundee, which gave us a bit of belief, and then mm-hmm. there was a there was a good feeling around the place. Obviously we knew it'd be difficult against Sally, but we a we had a good feeling we could get a result, and we all worked really hard and got got the win which was great it gave us great confidence and we we'll go into the game tomorrow sort of looking to cause another upset really and get through to the semi-final which would be really great for the club and for all of us boys as well
2: Andy it'll take a similar type of performance won't it you know you I heard David before the game that you spend long spells without the ball you've got to be organised defensively but you've also got to take part in the game you know you can't just sit back and hope not they get beat yeah. which is what Livingston done on Sunday you know when they got the ball they used it reasonably well you've got to have a purpose to your play and that will be uh, vital tomorrow night at Ibrox won't it?
7: Yeah absolutely I think in the first half we, I think the first 20 minutes we were a bit anxious on the ball at times where sometimes if you just take that extra touch and make that extra pass you relax into the game at times we were sort of hacking hacking it clear we had more time and that's as you, as you say you got to you got to be brave in these games and make that extra pass and beat the press or keep the ball and settle into the game. I thought we did it much better as the game went on. And I mean, if you don't do that, you're just going to struggle to create chances. As John said, you don't get loads of chances against all firms. So, yeah, it's important. Obviously, we've got to be defensively sound, going away at Ibrox, but we've also spoke about that. We've got to be brave and we've got to take the game to Rangers at times as well because it's a cup game and we want to get through to the next round. So, it's just about picking, choosing your times of when you have to be solid and defensively, and then times where you can be a bit more expansive and try and create chances to get goals to win the game.
3: Andrew, in terms of going back to your goal again, um, I know. I don't think I don't think you mind going back to his goal again, to be
1: honest. <laughs> yeah, I'll,
3: I'll, I'll talk about it all day. with you, pal, I enjoyed, like <laughs> they enjoyed it that much. But you do know, you know, to, to be a great striker, you've got to score against both teams during the season. So you get your chance. <laughs> Who to are go we away. talking about? Great strikers by any chance? I'm just talking about Andrew. You know, yeah. you know, it was a great goal, and um, I was guessing what to say in terms of the goal. Um, it was, it was an instinctive finish, wasn't it? Um, where you don't have any time really. It was just, you know, you got your body in the right place, and you swiveled, and you hit it at a nice yeah. angle away. You know, in terms of finishing, because I worked with Ryan Hardy, Lee Miller, Danny Mullen, a few of the lads of strikers who who previously been at Livingston, and they all said the same. Sometimes when you go up against one on one with a goalkeeper, you get too much time, Um, and and sorry, you've got time to think about where you're going to finish. But in terms of your goal at the weekend, it was like it was just instinctive, just just a reaction. Um, And as I said, I don't know if you feel the same in terms of when you go and you know, look at your strikes and look at your goals over the season.
7: Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I just sort of sort of was peeling off and then just got in front of the centre-bat as the ball came in. The first touch sort of made it. It just mm. came in my path nicely and I obviously instinctively just thought first touch back across. I've seen managers work with strikers before at other clubs I've been at and I've seen it before, strikers... Might be great finishers instinctively, but when they have time, they maybe miss more chances. Yeah, that's the point exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, took a touch. Sort of, it was sitting nicely for me, and I've always sort of heard managers saying, "Always go back across goal, back, back the other way." The keeper is coming across his goal, sort of. So I just try to focus on that and caught it sweetly. I couldn't have caught it much better, really. But just I think the touch made it. Yeah. Set up nicely for me, and then just went back across goal, and, was and, and right in the top bin.
3: What what would be your target, bin, yeah. Andrew, in terms of goals? What, as as the gaffer, Davey, there, as he as he give you a, you know, like a focus. You try and get, maybe get double figures. Fifteen, I think, would be a great return for you know for this season. What, no, no I mean, pressure. No, I'm just asking. Geez, what, John, what would the first you? Time <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm that's, saying. To you, but you you started nah, honestly, really well. Yeah. No, nah, honestly, I. I
7: I think I'm a good finisher in training I'm, I work on it and I'm good at it and maybe it's just in games getting in them positions more but if I am playing more in that forward role I'll, I'll probably get more chances and it, yeah. I don't know I've, I'm not going to set myself targets because then you feel under pressure but I yeah. do feel if I can get chances I, I'm, I'm not bad at finishing so if I do play up there regularly throughout the season if that does happen with Davey then I, I wouldn't like to say how many would score but I do I would like to sort of put pressure on myself to feel I could get goals because like for us at Livingston we need to be scoring goals to win games we, yes. we first and foremost have to be solid defensively and try and get clean sheets but ultimately you have to score goals to win games so no it started well the other day and if I am up there I'll just obviously have to work more on training on it and get used to sort of the movements and instinctive runs to get chances but um something I enjoy adapting adapting to my game trying new positions and yeah. yeah, I loved it on Sunday. So we'll Good go staff. from there. Brilliant. Andrew, I thought, I, th- I thought there
1: were some really positive sides for, for Livingston. Obviously, the result, but but in the performance, the way the team played, the way the starting 11 played, then you bring on the likes of Alan Forrest and Scott Pittman, um, who yeah. arguably strengthened the team when they come on. And some of the lone guys that Adam Lewis, you know, once he settles down, maybe a little bit overexcitable at times. Um, yeah. But once once he settles, and, and Odin Bailey, I thought. And when he came off the bench, he, he looks as if he's going to add something as well.
7: Yeah, that's, that's sort of what the manager has been saying in the press. We've been quite unlucky with injuries and I had one myself at the start of the season and like a little bit of COVID issues and we've never really had our full strength squad and we're, we had the international break which helped us get some players back and the squad's looking a lot more beefed up now and as you say, Adam came in and I was sort of, Adams a few times maybe hooking things on at the start of the game when he's very good in possession it was just a sort of calm down and play your way in the game and create on the ball so our squad's getting healthier now and there's a lot of competition for places bringing on players at like Allen and Odin great runners with the ball dribblers and pits coming on as well so yeah squad's looking great now getting players back fit onwards and upwards
2: It's funny when you look at Livingston over the past two or three seasons even probably into the lower leagues Andy that you know they were very direct uh, you know, a lot of physicality. I remember Kieran Brown had a long throw. John Guthrie was up for every set of play. And Marvin Bartley, of course, his assistant manager, was breaking up play when you throw in the likes of Hulkett and Lithgow. And, it, you know, it was all mm. physical and, and, and aggressive. Mm. When you look at the size of the team, it's hard to be that kind of style of play now, isn't it? You know, a lot of height has gone. So the emphasis is going to have to be on playing the ball on the ground yes you still want to press hard you want to press high and you want to win the ball but it seems as if Davies just turning the style of play a bit more in his favour
7: Yeah absolutely and I think that's obviously maybe taken us a little while to pick up the points as well sort of maybe not massively changing style but we've had to sort of play more we've got some great footballers now in the squad good people comfortable in possession and just sort of maybe try to play a different way and more possession based try and play down the wings overloads in wide areas things like that and to be honest they probably in the years gone by had a really big physical target like Linden Dykes mm-hmm. and things like that but we don't have a real big target man now so it's not as if we're just going to play long all the time we've got to play through the thirds and make passes and I think obviously i played I've got I'm not massive but I've got a bit more height to me than a few other strikers so yeah. obviously if they can play along it it's not just hopeless long balls though it's trying to get in the chest and hold it up and buy fouls or link up play so yeah Davey we're working hard it. we work really hard in training and adapting our game to more trying to be brave on the ball playing passing because that's that's the way a lot of people enjoy playing football and a lot of the boys in the squad are comfortable yeah. on the ball so it's just transitioning into that and hoping to be a good entertaining team but ultimately winning games of football
1: How's wee brother Graham doing at Derby?
7: Yeah he's doing all right. it's obviously not a great time for the club but he does love it there so it's a bit of a shame the way things have turned the last few days but they got a great result it could galvanise them a little bit and bring them together and bring points but I don't know what obviously they're going to get a bit of punishment coming their way so it's going to be difficult this season but He loves it there. It's a great club and it's just a bit of a shame to see it but hopefully we'll take a bad punishment but it'll be a start of a new era there and he does love it there so uh, it's a little bit of a shame but um, hopefully they can Obviously, turn the club round for better days.
1: And just one final one, Andrew, about tomorrow night. Um, you go there with much more hope than than you might have had. had you not got that win at the weekend? So spirits are up. It was a, it was good. It was it was classic Livingston, really, in terms of the, of the performance. Tomorrow night, um, a Rangers team not firing on all cylinders. So I guess you look just to keep the game, keep in, stay in the game as long as possible, and maybe. Uh, turn the home fans against Rangers if it is frustrating for them.
7: Yeah, I think I think when you go to Ibrox and Parkhead, that always plays a part. I think when there's not been fans the last sort of year and so it's difficult to do that because they're not in the ground and it is always a factor in you're away team sort of try and frustrate them and maybe get the ground a bit edgy and make it difficult. Um, so that is ultimately we'll we'll try and be solid and stay in the game and I always think it helps Celtic game I think because they were probably dominating possession but if you can get that first goal makes it a lot easier you, you got something to hold on to you can get the crowd a bit edgy so I mean it's going to be a difficult game Ibrox is always difficult but we've got belief now from the other day and we'll go there confident we'll, we wanna get in the, we want to get want to get to the semi-finals at Hamden so however we have to do it we're ready and it's going to be a great game it's always a good atmosphere there so people enjoy the atmosphere and I'm really hoping we can get through to the semi-final
1: yeah it's a big prize isn't it Andrew great talking to you good luck mate and uh, well well done on the weekend cracking goal and uh, onwards and upwards for you
7: yeah thanks guys thanks a lot
1: cheers all the best
7: right.
0: the Go Radio Football Show Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five
1: Coming to the end of a lively first hour on the Go Radio Football Show for a Tuesday evening it's League Cup semi-final quarter-final week even playing for a place at Hampden in the semi-finals Dundee and St Johnstone uh, tomorrow night in Rangers against Livingston Celtic versus Wraith and Dundee United versus Hibs Good to hear from Andrew Shinney before the break Uh, off to a great start um, as a Livingston player looks like he's going to be a great acquisition for them in that um, well he was at the weekend anyway in the unaccustomed role of main striker uh, but he's a guy who can play in lots of different positions for them and it's interesting to look at the, the league table because that win for Livingston has taken them on to four points they're off the bottom replaced there by Ross Kenty and Dundee who've got three but it's ten points from top to bottom mm. um, and when you look at it it's highly competitive when you think what Livingston did against Celtic at the weekend Mirren are below them they're capable of uh, big results Uh, Ross Kenty seem to be getting better crags week to week Uh, and Dundee uh, narrowly beaten in the derby at the weekend Uh, but they don't look a bad team either
2: no it's you know just touching on all three Dundee you know it's probably their main concern all season long it's goals you know their final end product you know competitive in the game the chances in the derby uh, against Motherwell they had lots of chances Motherwell nicked a goal beat them 1-0 so uh, that's been a, a growing frustration for James McPick that's the reason why I brought in Lee Griffiths unfortunately he hasn't managed to get off the mark St Mirren were excellent I have to say particularly you know, particularly, um, you know for, for spells in the first half and once they went 2-1 down uh, in the second half they really threw everything forward Rob so Jim Goodwin's team are on the brink of getting their first win which is not good news for Aberdeen because that's where Aberdeen go this week isn't yeah. it I think it's the live game on Sunday Uh at, in Ross County, they've had a really difficult start. You know, they've had Rangers, Celtic, Aberdeen, Hibs, Hearts, St. Johnson, who won the two Cups and finished in the top six. So, But at some stage, you've got to start winning games. You know, and, and, and Malky knows that. I think this Saturday against Motherwell at Fur Park, I think the following week they played Dundee United at Tannadice, They won their... at at the back end of last season, Ross County, and that kept them in the league. So it'll be a real test to see where they are as a team if they can go to those places and get points again. But a really competitive league. You're spot on. I think Rangers and Celtic will drop points. The teams will look at Rangers and Celtic and think, if they come to our patch this year, we can have a right go. Because both look a little bit uneasy uh, defensively so i expect whenever they will firm are away from home the games will be more competitive this season than what they've been for a long time and
1: john you wouldn't really be making too many assumptions about any game at the moment the way things are with celtic you know down on key players um inconsistent in terms of their performances and results and also and rangers rangers not at it by their standards yet
3: Yeah, and we mentioned that uh, earlier on in the show. Uh, I think, you know, there would be quite a lot of games this season where, you know, you you look at Celtic now, they play Dundee United at the weekend. Dundee United will take great confidence and um, and momentum and a feel-good factor on Sunday when they go to Celtic Park on the back of winning a really big game for them, which is the derby. Um, So, as I said, I think Celtic and Rangers this season... They they will on the evidence of the start uh, both losing games, you know they'll get beat again. Uh, it's, It's not it's not looking like a league where you think, you know. And I think that makes it better anyway for the supporters, the likes of Hibs and Hearts. You know, can they go and can they go and push for third place? And Aberdeen, as we know, we felt Aberdeen would have a great season with some of the signings that they made, brought in a new manager at the start of the season. Not quite started that well for them either so I think it's going to be that type of season
1: Yeah, seven games without a win uh, for Aberdeen on yeah. the back of their opening six games in which the only defeat was in Sweden in a, a dead rubber effectively because that tie in Europe was was already won so off to a bright start lots of optimism I think among the fans but they seem to be back in a place at the moment where they're struggling to get a goal Well, and
2: you know what it boils down to when you change your manager and Derek had been there a long time they wanted to bring in a new manager to try something different, Rob. Try and change the style of play was always the line that was coming out from the Aberdeen fans. We want to see more free flowing football. We want to see more attacking football. We want to see more goals. Manager not being as pragmatic. That was all the nonsense that was coming out. And suddenly now they're thinking, we need to find a way to win a game, you know, which completely goes against all the ethics of what they actually wanted. Now they're thinking, well, we want to start winning games now. So, style sometimes then gets put to one side. Let's start grinding wins out. Let's be hard to playing us, which is exactly what Aberdeen were under Derek McInnes. So, they've gone the full cycle off. Maybe that doesn't work. Let's go back to just winning games again. That's more enjoyable and then trying to adjust it as we go. So, you know, Stephen's starting to feel a little bit of pressure. Of course he will. You know, he wants to win games. He wants to be successful at Aberdeen. But, um, when you're not winning games, then everyone else is galvanised when they're playing against them. And so Mirren are in a good place. They're a good result, good performance at the weekend. They'll be desperate to get Aberdeen to St. Mirren on Sunday. That will be a tough one.
6: Yeah, and
1: as you say, when you're uh, seven games out of win, Paisley is probably the last place. Maybe not the last place, but uh, it's not going to be easy uh, for the Dons to get back to winning ways, you would imagine, at the weekend. So those uh, League Cup quarterfinals on the way. Dundee, St. Johnston, Rangers, Livingston tomorrow night. And then the second half of the doubleheader Thursday, Celtic against Wraith, Dundee United. Against Hibs. Um, the news at six on the way, plus another hour of football chat. Get involved in the conversation 0808 1717 17
0: 700. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live. Weeknights from five.
1: Scotland women's team are in action tonight. Good luck to them. Uh, Pedro Martinez Losa got off to a great start. His first game in charge Friday night and uh, victory by two goals to nil in Hungary tonight it's the Faroe Islands Uh, the games have been played at Hamden it's a 7.35 start at the National Stadium and let's hope uh, Craig's that momentum continues for the new gaffer
2: well you would think it would Rob the Faroe Islands played Spain I think on Friday night Thursday night Friday and they lost 10-0 So for any young girls or even young boys going to watch Scotland for the first time, they might see lots of goals, which is what people want to go to football for. Uh, What was interesting for me was you look at the Scotland squad, there's only 11 out of the 23 are playing domestic football. So a lot of them are now starting to play in England. There's a couple of playing in uh, Italy. There's one playing in in America as well. So it's good to see that they're broadening their horizons, getting full-time football, getting into it, which is only going to enhance the standard of the national team. So I think after missing out on qualifying for the Euros, which is next summer, I think all eyes are now in the World Cup that they would love to get back to the World Cup where they were in 2019 in France. So uh, I'm sure they will get a comfortable victory tonight.
1: In the men's game, we're coming off a weekend, one of those rear weekends in which neither Celtic nor Rangers managed to win. Celtic losing at Livingston, Rangers a one all draw uh, against Motherwell, but it was enough to put them back on top of the Premiership. All about the League Cup this week, the quarterfinals, and of course that means... Uh, a trip to Hamden is the prize for the winners because the semi-finals will take place there as well as the final in December. Dundee, St Johnston tomorrow night at Dens, Rangers, Livingston at Ibrox, Celtic against Wraith Rovers at Celtic Park. Dundee United play Hibs at Tannadice. It's Rob McLean on the Go Radio Football Show with John Hartson and Stephen Cragan. Um, we've got Frank in Minnie Hill as well. Hi, Frank.
8: Uh, good evening, uh, Rob and um, Stephen, and obviously one of my great heroes, John. Hi, Frank. Um, good to hear you. I was on about a month ago. Yes. Uh, uh, John, uh, yourself, and I think it was Barry Ferguson. Basically, I want to make a similar point. Um, basically, what happened on Sunday, obviously, you know, <laughs> you could address it up any other way, it was dire. Yep. but. I think what the important thing is, we have to, and what was, I know this sounds a kind of um, strange thing to say, but I was heartened by, well, expected by uh, Andy's reaction to Sunday. He didn't mince his words. He's well aware that uh, what he's instilled in this team since he, the minute he came in the door, the minute he came in the door, went basically out the window on Sunday, and that's what will really get to him. The results, mm. listen, results can come and go penalty kicks, dodgy dodgy decisions, dodgy, you know, breaking the ball, work, they all go to contribute to the actual results, but there's there's no, um, in Andrew's book, there'll be no forgiveness for the attitude of the players and the way they approach the game. He takes a lot of that on board himself, obviously to, um, you know, deflect from the players, but I think, uh, fundamentally, there'll be nobody there on Monday morning who wouldn't have had a strip taken off them, apart from maybe uh, Joe Hart and one or, maybe one or two others. So, We just need to stay calm Mm -hmm. as Celtic supporters. We need to understand this is not about this season. Yeah, it'd be fantastic to win the league. We still can win the league. Uh, But this is a far, far bigger thing, a bigger prize is at stake here than just this league season. Mm -hmm. And that prize has to be kept focused and you'll keep the focus. I just hope the fans do and understand that what he's offering is is something that as I said a month ago, and I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself, is something that I have I have waited for you know 45 years to watch a Celtic team play the football that he's offering us, and as long as we keep calm, trust in the manager, see what he's doing, all will be fine. It will be fine, but Frank, we just have yeah. to give him I think the big word is time. time Frank, is big uh, word.
3: Ange was has come in. Okay, he's come in and literally he he's at a he's at a put his stamp on on the, the sign-ins, which we've made some very good sign-ins. And his blueprint was to get Celtic in the race and to become competitive again, potentially enough so that we can win the league, but without expecting to win the league. And I think some of his sign-ins have been very good. But when you change, there was a stat last week against Real Betis. This time last year, Celtic played AC Milan. And the only player involved in that AC Milan game and um, was involved the other night was Albion Aieti and he came off the bench. Now, the other 10 players have gone, left the football club. So that's just an inkling of the the, the size of the job that Ange had to do. So there's got to be a a little bit of um, patience Ange knows he's a football man and he comes across exceptionally well. I think he's calm, he's dealt with things. But he will also be aware, and the Celtic fans will be aware, Frank, that at some stage this season, you've got to go and win the big games. Um, You can't get away with, you know, not performing in the big games. Like, you know, he will have to go and beat Rangers at some stage. You know, it's seven games now since we beat Rangers. You know, that's that's quite a long time. He will have to go and beat a Bayer Leverkusen at some stage, who come up next next week. So there's there's a there's a realism there. Yes, it's still very early days, and he, he shouldn't really be judged up to now because he needs probably another window, in my opinion. But I agree with you. I don't think any panic should set in, and you're right. I think Ange would have in privacy in private in the dressing room he would have gone after one or two players personally and said look this is nowhere near good enough to the standard that is expected here for us to try and get our title to try and get Celtic back in the title race Um, but I do think there's got to be a little bit of patience involved um, because in the space of time he's been at the football club he's not a miracle worker you know he has to go he has to go with what he's got you know Yeah, can I come back, John? Yeah, of course you can. Yeah, John. Yeah, I I disagree with the
8: word little. Mm. I think there's got to be a huge bit of patience for the Celtic supporters. We have to really strip this away here. We really have to, because there's a stark choice for Celtic fans here, a stark choice, and you either have to go one way or the other with it. And that is number one choice. Do we, you know, go for the you know, demanding the league this season, everything's about the league, and every result will be scrutinised and microscoped and um people will go off their jump off cliffs if we don't win a, a game, that kind of attitude. So everything's about this season. Or do we take option number two? And that is accept that there's going to be I hate using cliches, but the bumps in the road, you know, the ups and downs, call them what you like. We go for this second option that's going to involve these things because when you're trying to create a sea change and not just personnel but how you play the game in a way that is all out attack, complete entertainment. And that doesn't mean, see, people mix up the fact that when you say you want the Ange wants to play all out attack, that he's actually just you know not even thinking about defending, one goes with the other, but. Obviously, the defence has got to get you know time to bed in. But the important thing here is the second option. Do we take the hit this season? And I don't think, John, one more window will do. I'm talking three or four windows. He's got to get rid of players that have that are not not bad players, but they don't fit the type of player he needs. That's
3: going to take three or but, four windows. Yeah, but frankly, and, what you're saying is, sorry to come in, but I, I, yeah. I I've got to react to that because. Absolutely. Three or four windows, your next window. So what you're saying then, it's almost a transition. You're going to give Ange two years then before... Absolutely. You would give him two years to try and be the number one team again in Scotland and comfortably the number one team. No, no
8: no, 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 John. I'm not talking about the number one team in Scotland. Listen, that... Yeah, well, that's you know got, that's got to be it. the
3: first priority, isn't it? You've got to win your, but, your yeah. leagues domestically and then obviously the stronger you can get through that then we can start progressing in Europe.
8: I disagree, John, because, yes, I mean, I'm a Celtic fan, of course. It goes even without even breathing that I want to be the top team in Scotland. But we have to have, we've got a chance here with this manager, put it this way, we've got a chance with this manager that I don't think will come along again, probably, well, definitely my lifetime, I don't think. Frank, sorry, just jump in.
2: Did you watch Brendan Rodgers' team's playing? certainly in his first two years that's yeah. as good a football as yeah. I can remember Celtic playing for many many well, years many years right. they were beating teams four and five comfortably yeah, we, so I think Brendan
3: Yeah, had good players
2: yeah well, he did, he did but better but players had, but Frank's talking about the style But we've, we've Frank's talking about the style he's not talking about no. the play he's talking about the style Brendan Rodgers style was yeah. impressive to watch John in no every aspect of yeah, what but, happened yeah but good and how players
3: fit into styles as well, you know, he enjoyed watching Bra- Ange's you didn't have Brown marshalling in the midfield. No, but you didn't that, have that, the running that, that's and, irrelevant. and, and, and I'm the about quality
2: that you had. I'm talking entertainment. Frank said he waited 35, 40 years to watch a Celtic team play this way. Brendan Rogers' team was exceptional. Let's be honest. No, it was, so, 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 Frank. No, so, no, Frank, no,
1: so no, how no, do you no, compare? How do you no, compare the football under Ange Postacoglu with the football under Brendan Rodgers?
8: Because. Uh, under, I, I can't use his name. Ahead. By the way, I'm sorry. I just refuse to use his name. We've just
3: we've just changed it. ten players in the space of six months. Yeah, yeah but but yeah. but Frank. But what yeah. Frank's yeah.
1: saying is that he's he's more excited right. about Celtic under Ange than he's been for a long time, yeah, and 100%. and maybe will be again. You're you're saying that Frank, aren't you? So 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 oh, so, so when you say that, you're saying this is be- This is potentially better football than uh, than under Brendan Rodgers and what he did. Is that right?
3: Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, but yeah, Brendan yeah, also, is. Frank, Brendan also yeah. won this way. Yeah. Celtic fans want to win. Yes, they want yeah. to win, but they yeah, also yeah, want absolutely. to play fantastic football with a great style. But right. for us to pr- improve, then you've got to win domestically first right. because I, in Europe, it's a totally different level again. You're going up another three levels when you, when you go into yeah. the European competition. Yeah. So first of all, Join. Celtic have to prepare a team to win domestically. And then, naturally, the more successful you come, the more money you get, then you can invest in better players. No, John, I'm I, i I'm sorry, John, but I'm,
8: I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this in a different way. Okay. Because, I, I, and again, Stephen, I understand what you're saying, that Celtic did play good football uh, when the manager took, the manager during that period of, of seven, winning 7-8, seven, 6-7-8, eight, eight, I think, or 7-8. in were. a row. Yeah. The, mm. the, I'm, I'm talking about the manager that's now at Leicester was our manager.
6: Mm-hmm. Are, you um,
8: reluctant? Are you reluctant
1: to name him, Frank?
8: I'm not reluctant, I refuse to name him. Why? I, I, I refused because because of the way he treated Celtic su- supporters and the Celtic football club. He's a narcissist, a complete narcissist and he used us and he walked out on us with 10 games to go and didn't have a fleeting look behind him. It was all about him. It was always all about him and where he was going, and the bottom line is, he couldn't wait, it was what he wanted, and with 10 games to go in a season, he walked out in our club. Nah.
1: Do, 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 of, but do I you not know, acknowledge the different success, different success different he brought, Frank, no, during his no, 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 no.
8: time? The history book showed the success, and I acknowledge the football that we played. That's not I'm, not, I'm not talking about that, I'm not dismissing that, it's so a stupidity, I said dismiss that, I'm talking about a human being, as a human being, what he did to well, us. do you have
3: him back, Frank? But, Never. Mm. Never.
8: What so, he did, he broke He broke people's hearts and he knew he was doing it. And he didn't care because that's the person he is. And let's be straight to the point here. It's all about him. And that's what this was about. He's never once apologised for what he's done. Never once has he apologised. He broke young people's hearts from the age of six to people at the age of 90. People adored him. And that didn't mean a thing to him. He walked out. So it's, this call isn't about him. No, Frank. Frank can I can I ask you a
1: que- can I ask you a question about what you said right at the top of of the hour when when you came on? Um, do you think you speak for the majority of Celtic supporters when you say that you're almost ready to write off the season because you see a bigger picture?
8: I don't know. I don't make these silly uh, numerical statements, Rob. That you find in. Other radio stations or newspapers who say the Celtic fans this, 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 they they don't know. I'm a Celtic fan. I only speak for myself. I know fellow Celtic fans who think the same way because I know, you know, dozens, countless dozens, whatever, who think mainly the same way I do. I do that doesn't give me the arrogant approach to say I speak for myself. No, no, my but my, my question,
1: again. my question was, do you think this is a popular opinion among Celtic fans? No, then.
8: Do I th- I I, you know it's funny, Rob? Last season. The, the obvious attitude of Celtic fans was everything was about last season for obvious reasons for the 10 in a row. So that, that, that was a, it was like everything where a capital, capital's right through it was about that season. This season is a sea change, a complete flip round because Celtic fans recognise that that 10's gone, that's out the road, it's time to build something here. And this is the crucial word here, building something. Because in order to build something, and I don't want to go, but to use an analogy, and this is what where I disagree with you, John, mm-hmm. in the terms of the one window, two windows, and I think it's three or four. In order to build something, the build, see the building you're sitting in just now,
4: mm.
8: that that building itself, the, the the most time-consuming, difficult part of constructing that building wasn't what you're sitting in; it's underneath, it's the foundations. Celtic and under Ange, Ange Postacoglu has to put in those foundations, and they take time, and the most problematic part of that building. Once you've got the foundations in and they're set, then the rest follows naturally. It's not about scrambling to win a league, get a few pounds, buy a few players, see how you go. That's, that's not on Ange's radar. His mm. is a bit stamped from way below the bottom up and building those foundations, and it takes time. And most of all, it, there's two things involved in that. It takes the patience, support, and bravery of the supporters to stand by the ups and downs, and it also takes a board that's going to back them.
3: Yes, and I, I, I agree, I Frank. That. But do you, do you also think as well, you know, you spoke about style and you spoke about the yes. going forward, on the front foot, attack, 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 score yes. more than the opposition. Now, can that realistically... It never won Kevin Keegan anything, right? Never won anything, but the football was outstanding. Absolutely, 52,000 fans at Newcastle cheering their heads off on their seats. This is great football, but he never won anything. Can Ange... And I think um, if we get Ange on a long-term contract, I think even with... You're talking about the style. Can we win and win big playing the Ange Postacoglu way, in terms of, I think you'll win many games, okay? But I also think then, when you come up against better opposition, naturally with quality forward players, you Mm -hmm. have to have a plan, so when you get countered and hit on the break, you can't be throwing men forward, not putting in place a defensive structure to deal with those fine attacking players when you come up against decent sides in Europe. So Mm -hmm. in terms of the way he plays, it's fantastic. I love his positivity, but I'm slightly worried in terms of defensively, we've lost our first three away games. Defensively, um, Frank, against Betis the other evening, we Uh were all over the place we go away we yeah. score three goals we work our socks off to get a foothold in the game and defensively we just weren't good enough the, the goal the goals at Hearts where we didn't defend a last minute set piece the goal at the weekend yeah it was a fine goal like it were, by Shinny but what would you say about yes the style and the way of playing but eventually would he have to get a defensive shape and a reliable defence in place
8: John, that goes without saying, with the greatest respect to you, my friend. Mm. I really respect and understand. You get it. But if we were talking a year from now and I come onto this show and the same things are happening, I'd be as worried as the most worried Celtic supporter. Mm. This is two months into playing. Mm. Two months. Now, Nobody's more well aware, well aware. I made the point earlier. Because you're at, your, your philosophy is attack, attack, attack. And I'm going to use another club. In fact, you said, John, earlier,
3: mm.
8: um, Newcastle didn't win anything. I'm not going to talk about
3: Newcastle.
8: I'm going to talk no, about
3: No, I, I was just make... making the point in no, terms no, of Keggy and add had a similar philosophy do do? to the game. Yes, yeah. yes.
8: I understand that, John. Just let mm. me please. if Okay, yeah. If, yeah, if, yeah go and, on, on, go, I'm sorry to go. going on. Yeah. Is, I'll refer not to Newcastle. I'll refer to two clubs in my lifetime. One club, who was going nowhere, they were doing nothing. A man came in, changed the whole philosophy for not only Scottish football. He changed the philosophy for European football, and played an attacking game, all out attack. The fullback balling up way before the time. And that was called the Lisbon Lions. But
3: you had Billy McNeil, Job, one Job of the best centre-halves in the world at the time.
8: Exactly. But no, yeah, You've but been cleaning
3: sheets. Point. Can we get a Billy McNeil these days? Where, where'd you get them yeah, from?
8: It's not about getting A Bill. You've know, you got no Danny necessary. McGrain, and, you, you, John, you know. But, John, yeah. you need to you calm down here, pal. Because I am very calm, same, Frank. I know you are, John, but a, a sense that you're kind of, where are we going to this? Where is that going to happen? Take...
3: No, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just a realist, Frank, and I, I, I get, I get what you're saying as well, which is brilliant. And yes, Jock one of the greatest managers I've ever lived. First t- team to win the European Cup, British team, absolutely. The, the football was incredible. I've seen, watched the videos. You've seen them live, but all I'm trying to say is, is that Ange Postacoglu, yes, but. You know the, the demands on the football John, today is like will will he be get able to get that time, Frank? John, John, and Frank, we're g- we're John, gonna have to we're gonna John.
1: have to call time on this discussion. We're heading for a break, Frank. So we're gonna have to call time on this situation. Can I quick? Yeah, be, Can I yeah, very. Off? I mean, do you do you have realism on your side, Frank? Do you think? Oh, yeah, because it's a, it's a, it's really it's a it's a great ideal, isn't it, to think that everybody, the board and the fans, are going to stick with this policy, this philosophy. For football, but it's got to be winning football or it's not going to happen. Is that not right?
8: It will. We will win. The point is, it might not be immediately that everybody wants. The point we've got to think big here, and think big means take the long term approach. Now, we will win. What happens is you get better and better and better at what you do. That means better at attacking, and it also means better at defending. John, your point regarding Billy. The crux of that 67 team, part of, a huge part of all out attack was our defence. It was a solid defence. And that solid defence came because the two centre-halves, John Clark, Billy McNeil, but most importantly, along that triangle with Ronnie Simpson, they knew each other. They knew each other where they were going to breathe next because they played together and built up a relationship. That relationship will come when Ange gets his yeah. goalkeeper and two centre-halves. That will come... The big word is time. And the big word is we must give them time to build these relationships. It's not going to happen in two months. It may not happen in six months. But I would think by the end of the season he'll have a settled defence where we won't make those mistakes. Right. You Frank, we, earlier, John.
1: Yeah, we're, we're really? running. We're running out of time. What? What? you, you yeah, that was a great yeah, call. You, really you, good yeah, discussion. Yeah, you, you so good luck you, to you. You've put your me. point really well, and and we'll talk again, Frank. time, Frank. We'll definitely talk to you again because that was a, a really inter- interesting discussion.
8: all fair,
1: Thanks for your call, Frank you're welcome Rob you're welcome. Cheers, Frank. all the best
0: the go radio football show download the go radio app to listen live weeknights from 5.
1: Thanks Chris for the travel and he will be back in about 10-15 um, minutes time to give you the final update on this show the Go Radio football show Glasgow's own of course 5-7 Monday to Friday on at weekends as well looking forward to Scotland's women being in action tonight maybe you're heading to the game it's a 7.35 kickoff at Hampden the women's internationals are back at Hampden it's the Faroe Islands in opposition tonight on the back of the win Friday night against Hungary in Budapest and the team is out for tonight. Lee Alexander and Goals, Rachel McLaughlin, Nicola Doherty, Rachel Corsi, the Captain, Jen Beatty, Lisa Robertson, Christy Grimshaw, Jane Ross, Chloe Arthur, Claire Emsley, and Erin Cuthbert on the bench for Scotland. Uh tonight, Jenna Fife and Arthur Cummings, the two goalkeepers, Rachel Boyle, Martha Thomas. Jenna Clark, Sophie Howard, Brianna Westrup, Kirsty Hansen, Lana Cleland, Lauren Davidson and Lizzie Arnott. Good luck to Scotland's women at Hampden tonight against the Pharaohs. John, it was good to hear from Frank, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, uh, just after the six o'clock yeah. news. Um, what did you think of what he had to say?
3: Well, I agreed with uh, lots of what he said in terms of... Um, the current situation. I think. I think there's no panic at the minute. I think Andrews had an extremely difficult job. He's come into big turnaround in the football club, and I just think the demands that the fans put on Celtic players and the manager are huge. But this particular moment in time, um, with everything you know, taking everything into into consideration, he will get time when the fans need big patience because. I believe in him and I think the fans like him. Uh, they like the way he comes across. They like his football. But we know, everybody knows where Celtic have to get better. And that's defensively because whenever he's fit, let's, 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 let's have a look at the, the team last week. You look, McGregor was out, Kyogo was out, Abad John, was out. I know, but the There's three... Two players, the, but that's the only two th- players. Yeah, but the, three, the, weekend. the three best players... The only two players, Keogh be- I'm McGregor. talking about the game last week. Mm. The, the three best players, the three best performers this season were missing. So then we talk about a thin squad and he hasn't really then, but he hasn't really then got that type of quality to bring in. So that makes that game away in Seville last last Thursday night. And even difficult, more, more, more tests for them... The, the squad is still very thin and mm. I agree with Frank uh, Frank, he still needs another window yeah, possibly two windows but by the time you get to the second window yeah. you know, you're trophyless, yeah and does the manager have to y- adapt y- to
2: is it naive moving. of the manager to think he can lose his three best players and still play the same way is that very naive well, or is that risky is that ambitious I don't know what it is but quite clearly in Betis they couldn't because they lost goals mm. so somewhere along the line does the manager have to have something in the back of his mind and think I need to change you know, or you go two nil up, right? Come off the game a little bit. Be compact. Be yeah. hot. You know,
3: you can't keep continually When you go with Carter continually, Carter Vickers, and then Starfelt, when Celtic are two nil up, even when they concede one, then does Ange maybe? I'm not trying to tell him what to play, but you know, he's a Celtic manager. No, but you have to ask the question. But all of a sudden, is it worth then bringing on Welsh? So you play three at the back, mm. and you play the, the wing back. Something so I, I different because that just makes you slightly stronger away from home mm. when you're trying to defend a lead. But the, the. I just don't think he's going there. Mm. No. Mm. Well, then. Yeah. Well, that's
2: the, that's the point. He's yeah. going to have to live yeah. and die by results then. Yeah. You know, Frank come on, and Frank's theory was patience and support, which is fine. Give mm. patience and play support. It's a great the theory. Board. However, you need progress and wins to go with it, Ron. Yeah. There has to be progress. And if the same mistakes keep coming back and the team keep getting exposed, and they think, man, well, this guy isn't learning.
1: Yeah. Frank, Frank was effectively speaking about writing off the season, wasn't
3: he? In, yeah, in right over you know, the next two in, or three seasons.
1: Yeah. In favour of yeah. the lo- the longer term. The, the, the big The big the no, guarantee. Right. But, but I mean, you know, Frank's exercising but, patience. Are the are the majority of the Celtic fans age, gonna and, and are the
3: board gonna back him? He did you know, say if he's he not backing off the board, but in this day and age, you know, the the, the the actual difficulty in going out and buying players, you know, players worth their salt now cost an awful lot of money how much backing will will uh, Ange poster need to become the team that Frank is saying that Mm -hmm. they may well become real back to real real total domination I think Ange is showing brilliant signs of his knowledge in terms of going forward positioning players high press this type of thing midfield players running in and out the space getting on the ball McGregor does it one of the best midfield players in the country Callum McGregor but how much work and time and, and money mm-hmm. are you going to have to spend? Because he's talking about defence in the Lisbon Lions, where the, one of the best greatest defenders, you know, the four of them were Ronnie Simpson in, in, yeah. in goal. You know, they don't, come, they, they don't come around every artist so often. They would like world-beater. They won but, the European But it's Cup. a question
2: over his tactics then, John. It's a question over his tactics. Because everybody's saying he's playing open, he's playing great. But is there a tactical plan that he can go to if they feel as if they're getting exposed, if they feel as if they're under pressure. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so, so I'm yeah. trying to say it's great football, it is wonderful. People saying it's great and Rob saying he's going to stick to the one thing, but surely tactically there has to be something, a default position you switch to if things are going against you. I don't
3: think he totally dismisses the defence, but I think he needs to be getting more out of his defence. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and if we're talking um, squad strength as well, I mean, you... you I think we're all agreed that that he needs one other transfer window as a bare minimum. Because when you you look at the weekend, um, there were four or five key players missing, no doubt about it, against Livingston. And that left only Mikey Johnson on the bench, who's barely match fit, as an attacking option if things didn't work out. And they didn't work out. You think of Rangers' success last season and they had two players, two good players for every position
2: to win the title. Well, they still have two good players for every position, but they're still not... uh, they're still not as cohesive as what they'd like to be. You know, and that that's why tomorrow night, when you heard Gary McAllister saying, that's why it's such a big game because they know they're not really where they want to be. Rob, there's there's little uh chinks in their armory also that they're thinking we're not scoring enough goals. we still a wee bit of vulnerability, bit defensively, the longer it goes and running a goal ahead, there's a wee kind of kind of bit of disjointedness about Rangers back line. So they're not fully comfortable where they are. And they know in a cup game, there's no comeback. Mm. And they, you know, knocked out against St Mernan and St Johnson last season. That's why it just adds a little bit more anxiety to the whole occasion, which Livingston will go and try and capitalise on. So, you know, naturally the choice is tomorrow night about team selection, on what way they go and how they start the game. Because if it goes Mm. and it's nil-nil for a little while, the fans will get restless, the players will affect their performance. So, you know, that will be the game plan at Livingston tomorrow night. Flipside Rangers, get the early goal. Can you get a second? When you get a second that Ibrox against... Uh, someone else in the league barring Celtic normally you normally kill their spirit a little bit so that'll be the aim of Rangers tomorrow night go and kill their spirit
1: let's see what we read into this this is Gary McAllister talking today um, about injuries so he mentions a few players in here starting off with Yanis Hadji
5: Yanis is fine and he trained he's back and trained he he looked pretty sharp Ryan Kent is obviously still obviously he's going to be he's going to be missing Um, the positive would be Nathan Nathan who's been he's been nursing that little ankle since the since been away with the national team, I think he picked it up against Moldova. So he trained, you know, and looked sharp this this morning, and and, and will come into contention with with a few others. Jack was he just he's still missing for the, for the, from the training, and he, and it's just he's he's still working to get back to fitness.
1: So it was interesting there what Gary McAllister said about Nathan Patterson, uh, clearly rearing to go again. Um, on the socials, uh, we've got. Uh, Nims getting in touch with us to say we'd love to see Patterson, McCrory and Kelly starting tomorrow night so there is an appetite among some of the Rangers fans to see a freshness about the team but we've already heard from Gary McAllister in the show this is a massive match this is a the the Rangers see this this is a this is must win
3: well this is where the manager has to be um, he has to be balanced in terms of how many changes he makes because if he makes too many um then, and he gets beat, then obviously he's going to come under a lot of pressure. But if he if he changes two or three, and still keeps some of the main mainstay players in, um, and and he wins, then the all importance is is just getting through. Gary McAllister, as as said there, the importance of Rangers winning a winning a trophy this season. This is the League Cup, chance to go and play at Hamden in the semis and then go on to a final and win it. They've not won a cup under Stephen Gerrard in, in, in the time he's been at the club. So that's that's one that Steven wants to tick off mm. in terms of being the manager at Rangers. He wants to tick that off. And I know the fans want to see players get opportunities. But if I'm Steven Gerrard, and I last season I'm looking at the two cup games that they lost in, you know, last minute at St Mirren in the league cap when they almost looked through. Um, so you're looking at it and you're going, I'm going full strength. I need to be full strength. I can't be in a position to give players opportunities. I need to win this game. I need to get through. I need to win the cup, and to do that, I have to play my strongest team. See,
1: if you were looking ahead, if you if you'd been if you'd known that this game existed, Livingston at home in the quarterfinals of the League Cup, and you were looking from two months ago at it, and you were planning, and you were Stephen Gerrard and Gary McAllister, and you were thinking that's a game that we can maybe freshen up, make yeah. a few changes, but the way things have panned out. Surely there's no mucking about with this team no tomorrow risks. night?
2: No risks whatsoever, because you're talking there about you know, not winning a cup. That will be bugging the life out of Steven Gerrard, mm-hmm. because he knows every time a cup competition comes up and he goes to do a pre-match press conference or an after-match press conference, they want to ask him, you haven't won a cup yet. So that will be eating away at him. So he will know tomorrow night, no risks. And I think even if they'd won at the weekend and they'd won conflict against Motherwell, I still don't think he would have taken any risks, because the cup... It's so important, Rob. If they lose a couple of league games, there's still plenty of time to recover. There's still plenty of time to get those points back and to go and beat teams and go on a run. But in cut football, it's knockout. And he can't afford to take any risks to put the game in danger, to put the game in doubt. Ultimately, yes, you know, Nathan Patterson, you know, cracking young player, but he's not played since, since the national team. He's not been involved, really. So he's been short of match fitness, short of fitness in general, sh- you know, short of shortness. Yanis Hadji, short of shortness. So you can't be putting boys in knowing they're not 100% when you're looking around the dressing room thinking others are 100%. So if anybody's any risk or anybody's not at it tomorrow night or not fresh and fit and ready to go tomorrow night he's got to go with the strongest team. That is imperative that Rangers are in the semi-final draw after tomorrow night.
1: It's a big night for Rangers then against Livingston at Ibrox 24 hours away uh, for Dundee and St Johnston as well at Den's playing for a place at Hampden in the semi-finals and then the following night Thursday Celtic at home to Wraith Dundee United play Hibs.
0: The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five.
1: Cheers for that, Chris. The Go Radio Football Show. And uh, we're into the final 15 minutes ahead of those uh, League Cup quarterfinals uh, coming up. Big matches, uh, one and all. Uh, Just looking at some of the other uh, big stories uh, rolling around in terms of uh, football today. The news... Um, Here it is that uh, Hungary have been ordered to play two matches behind closed doors by FIFA following the racism English players experienced at the World Cup qualifier in Budapest on the 2nd of September. However, the second ground closure is suspended For two years, the Hungarian Football Federation has been fined round about 160,000 pounds. The FIFA statement says FIFA takes a clear zero-tolerance stance against such abhorrent behaviour in football. Uh, The governing body added that that it remained firm and resolute in rejecting any form of racism and violence, as well as any other form of discrimination. Or abuse. Now, in June, UEFA fined the Hungarian Federation £85,000 and ordered a three game stadium closure, the final match suspended for discriminatory behaviour by their supporters during Euro 2020. Um, That sanction didn't apply for England's visit, um, as the World Cup qualifier was a FIFA game rather than being under the control of UEFA, who didn't ask for the punishment to be. Transferred, so uh, they are. They've got previous Hungary, haven't they? Uh, they've got a a, a pretty uh, sordid history in terms of this sort of stuff, uh, Stephen and, Um And is is a two game, two games closed doors, but one of them's suspended? Um, is that gonna
2: work? The Oracle, pointless and pathetic, Rob. That's exactly what that is. If they're gonna ask players and ask supporters and ask people around the world to the back their Campaigns against racism. We're FIFA and we're saying we're the biggest organization in football. Back our campaigns. We want to stamp it out of football. And suddenly then it happens at one of the games uh, linked to their tournament. And you get a one-game ban with a one-game suspended ban with a couple of hundred hundred thousand pounds. That does absolutely it has no impact. It's brushed under the carpet. They would almost be better just forgetting about it and just as if the incident never happened. Because there's going to be no impact from what they've done whatsoever. So that tells me they're not serious at all about stamping out racism because they have made no mark on Hungary whatsoever. OK, it was uh, it was a, a UEFA tournament previously, but they've got a history of it. If that's what they're going to do, you've got to stamp down with all your authority to show you mean business. I think that is a pathetic way of dealing with it. And until they start changing it, then you know, the rest of football isn't going to take them serious.
1: There is a strong feeling, isn't there, that UEFA and FIFA are all about impressions and the glossy adverts and the, the red car, show the red car to racism and, and all the great campaigns that, that they give that's, publicity that's to. But when it comes to taking stiff action, the sort of action that might have an impact, John, yeah. uh, they're not there.
3: No, and I'd like to know what um, what to them, I know what zero tolerance means. That means you do not do it. You do not go there. Zero tolerance. But I don't know how strong they think zero tolerance are because they came out with that statement and then they just... It's its a one-game ban for the supporters. Yeah. that That's no. not zero tolerance. No. No. Zero tolerance is a lot stiffer punishment that, than that.
1: Yeah. You're right. I mean, zero tolerance on one side of the equation and the punishment that they've handed out on the other side... Punishment I mean, doesn't, there, there's, doesn't no, really con- there's no connection between like, them. Absolutely. How does Raheem
2: Sterling feel tonight? Because yeah. the abuse was directed at him. How's he feeling? Do you think he's satisfied and thinking well that's good they've dealt with that I like the punishment they've put out of course but he's not, this is not it's absolutely hungry.
1: disgraceful No no this is this, this is, is at worldwide the, yeah, no, the
2: Euros
3: but I'm this is happening
2: all over the world mm. So you're looking to send out a message Of course Put people off Rob you're supposed to put people off ever doing it again by having sanctions and punishments that makes people think I'm not going to do that that doesn't put them off you know they've got one game and then they've got another game and they're back in again Yeah you know, it's just—it's this is this is soul destroying,
1: isn't it? For for those who battle against racism and, and how it attaches itself, it's it's through society, it's 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 worldwide, but it attaches itself to football. Mm-hmm. So here's an opportunity for the, the football authorities uh, to do something serious. Yeah. And this—it's it's almost laughable, isn't it? The, FIFA this, turned this around and said,
2: "Hungary, you're out. That's you. Out. You're not competing the rest of the tournament. You've gone. I will tell you what, the rest of the countries have set up and take notice." That's for sure. Everyone else will think, well, you've got to get your house in order, you've got to deal with the fans, you've got to have more stewards in, you've got to be uh, self-policing games because countries want to go to the World Cup. So if you put them out at the group stage, then you say, well, you know, that isn't going to happen again. That's the kind of punishment that needs to be done.
1: Really disappointing. Uh, let's look ahead in the final few minutes of the show then to those upcoming League Cup quarterfinals, two tomorrow night, two on Thursday night. We've been listening, of course, to Gary McAllister in the course of the show, um, talking at the media conference today on a number of subjects. And uh, he was asked about uh, Rangers defensive performances outstanding their their numbers uh through last season uh domestically
5: uh but what about this season what's going wrong yeah just 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 the coming together and having that togetherness and that the organizational level and it's 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 fine detail and i think that's the thing that we've been pressing onto not only just the back line but all over the pitch because we start defending from obviously from the front but it's just those little fine details we just feel as if we're coming away from the game plan a touch and not following the fine details on, on, you know, the strengths of the opponents. So we've just got to get back and fully concentrated, but just take care of the fine details because we're we're getting caught by, by sucker punches on little lapses of, I feel, of concentration and just concentrating on these little fine things.
1: Coming away from the game plan, it's clearly nagging away at Gary McAllister and the rest of the coaching team um, that uh, the defensive performances um, are just nowhere near where they were at last season,
2: Craigs. It boils down to then the experienced defenders in your squad, Leon Balogun, uh, Conor Goldson, taking control when Rangers are attacking because that's when you're defensively at your most vulnerable. It's when you're attacking and Barisic has gone one side and, and Tavernier has gone the other side and your two midfield players sets Kamara and, and, and arebo have joined in the front line and it's Conor Goldson, Leon Balogun or Jack Simpson and Stephen Davis. That's when you've got to switch on, plug gaps pull people back, that's when you take control. You don't stand and watch the game and admire the game and think, I oh, hope we score, what's going to happen? Suddenly the ball breaks out, you get caught in a counter-attack or, or someone's a little bit sloppy. Someone hasn't filled their gap or you know your back three becoming a back four or so you back four becoming a back three because someone's left their slot. That's when you need your leaders to take control and they organise and, and to plug gaps and see things before they happen. Try and stop them at source whereas Rangers as if they're maybe just being a little bit lax. They're allowing people to break lines or allowing teams to get in behind their midfield and then they're getting exposed. So that's where your experienced players have to take control of the game. Forget what your teammates are doing with the ball, you organise yourself defensively.
1: And of course that means, John, that this season teams are playing Rangers and thinking, hey, we've got a chance here oh, of so scoring a goal. Whereas, whereas last season, people were, were looking at the stats, yeah. looking at the number of goals that Rangers weren't Difficult conceding point, and thinking, wow, we're going well to do well to get shots on target to, here. When
3: they went 1-0 up, they defended their box, yeah. they defended their lead very, very well. But coming back to so Celtic and Ange, mm-hmm. Will Ange be thinking home to Wraith Thursday night? Let's get to the semi-final. How much pressure does he take off himself in terms of if he was to win a cup in his first season? Ange Postacoglu, yeah. oh, the Celtic yeah. manager. Well, absolutely. So they got an opportunity. Wraith will be competitive, of course, Thursday night against Celtic. Celtic lost their last two. So Wraith will come and look to do very well. But if you're from a Celtic point of view... They should win against Wraith, semi-final. And then you're thinking, well, does that take a bit of pressure off? Yes, they got big. got a the bigger picture. There's the league, there's Europe. But lots of managers come. I think Alan McLeish won a League Cup in his first season at Rangers. Yeah, And suddenly you get a cup under your belt. Off you go.
1: Right, before we go, uh, Joe Hendry is at Hamden, ahead of uh, Scotland's Women against the Pharaohs. Hi, Joe.
9: Hi Rob, how's it going?
1: Yeah, good, thank you. Um, what uh, what are you making of that Scotland team selection for tonight? We we gave the team out earlier on, and, and the chances of Scotland uh, following up on that two nil win in Hungary on Friday.
9: Yeah, well, just the one, just the one change this evening. So um, Hansen drops out, and Chloe Arthur comes in. Um, so fairly confident in that line up, I think. Um, everyone's expecting a home win here this evening, plenty of goals as well, hopefully. Faroe um, Islands haven't been too great recently. Um, I think they were beaten 10 0 in their, their last match against Spain. and Actually, the last time we played them in 2014, it has been a while, but we beat them 9 0 then as well at First Park, um, as well, uh, of course, that time. But at in this time, um, and for the first time, the new home of the Scotland women's national team. So, a fantastic night. We're looking forward to it. We're confident. And uh, hopefully we can get a, a decisive win this evening.
1: How good was that win for Scotland and in, in Hungary, do you think, uh, for Pedro Martinez-Losa?
9: I think it's you know it was a, a fantastic way to start off this campaign. If we can get six points from six um, here, absolutely brilliant for confidence and a great way for him to start out as uh, the national team boss as well. So you can't really ask for much more than that. So very important. And confidence is everything, you know. Um, and it'll be it'll be flowing here tonight. So hopefully we see a bit of a, a swagger from the girls this evening.
1: Joe, thanks a lot, and uh, enjoy if you're heading along like Joe to watch that game tonight, Scotland against the Faroes. It's a 7:35 kickoff, and of course, in terms of the the men's football, we will continue uh, tomorrow night, building up to Dundee against St Johnston, Rangers against Livingston in the League Cup quarterfinals. And on Thursday night, it is Celtic against Wraith and Dundee United against Hibbs. Uh, Shelley Kerr and Chris Burke are with Paul in the studio tomorrow. Thanks to John. Thanks to Craggs. And join us tomorrow live at five.
0: The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five.